Welcome back to another edition of All Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We like to call it a freak flag. Feel good. Fake it till you make it. Ric Flair. Woo! Spring football. 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. And we got the full Monty for you today. We'll talk about Texas men's basketball big win over Oklahoma State. And uh, tonight, that's right, tonight they got a purple on, take on the purple kryptonite. We'll talk about that as well. Texas versus TCU in basketball in the Big 12 tournament. Also the Cowboys clearing cap space. We'll get to some Cowboys news notes and nuggets. What does that mean? We'll also get into the, uh, the mock draft that Actually, all the mock drafts, at least a lot of the leading mock drafts, all lead to the same place for the Dallas Cowboys in the first round. We'll get into that as well. Also, the Longhorn Pro Day yesterday. We'll get into some of those results. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian did meet with the media for media availability uh, after he's his third, I believe, third spring football practice. We'll talk about that as well. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for him it's a breeze. Mike Hardball Hart. What's going on, man? What's happening? What's happening? It's good to be in here. It's good to come in on a victory after the basketball team didn't look as sharp, but hey, dubs, survive in advance, right? That's how we roll right now. Mm-hmm. Survive in advance. But let me tell you about the man that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now College Football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover cover co- cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Papers. Appreciate the intro. Even sweeter on a Friday. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP of the show, the Idillionaire, one of the hardest-working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. Patrick Davis, how you doing, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. Women's basketball finally turning it up during this game, uh, trying to advance in the Big 12 tournament they're playing right now. They're up 35-22 to 22 after a very slow mm-hmm. start. Uh, very, very slow start. Okay. Very yeah. slow mm. start. <laughs> yeah. That's all hey, right. They had six points in the first quarter. Uh, very slow start. Wow. Like probably the worst six. start. Yeah, I was going to say, they had, a, they had a slower start this season. I think they had a nine-point first quarter at one in one wow. game. Uh, all right, but as my man Harsha said, survive in advance. You know, survive and keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. That's what you're trying to do at this point in the season. Don't matter how it looks, it can look ugly as long <laughs> as you find a way to get the dub. Uh, 512-337-3776. That is the number to the Specs text line. You also can hit us up via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick is at, at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Let's talk about it, gentlemen. Uh, big win for Texas. They're all big now. Yep. <laughs> point in the season over Oklahoma State and uh, I think the I guess the storyline of the game if you will for me was the Texas defense uh, that's essentially what won them the game it, their their offense you know we'll talk about it inconsistent and struggled at times but their defense was suffocating held Oklahoma State to 20 set I guess right under 28 percent field goal percentage uh, they were 15 percent from three-point range that was one of the best defensive performances they've had all season long Oklahoma State has scored fewer than 50 points uh, in a single game twice this season and both were versus Texas yeah suffocating <laughs> suffocating defense and that is something too that we've talked about here 
that's the part that will play late into the season. If you can go out there and you can play good defense, suffocate your your opponent, it's going to be hard for them to win, especially when you're starting to attack the rim again. That was something that I was glad to see for the Texas Longhorns. But most importantly, when you're when you're putting pressure on the ball, creating turnovers the way that they did last night. I mean, what did they have? Like 22 turnovers last night? Just something, 20 turnovers last night. So that's a beautiful part. And then Texas being able to score 22 points off of those turnovers. Mm. I mean, that's what you want to see, and that was good to see, especially when you can honestly say that wasn't Texas's best offensive performance. No, no. and I mean, we did get to see, yeah, we saw two – 10-second uh, violations on the backcourt. So when you see that kind of intensity from this, the ball being inbounded to the rest of the possessions, it, it was a lot of. It was good to see. We know, yeah, defense will travel. Yep, it's what it's always been said. So that that's something that you really need to pick your hallmark on if you're this Texas team. Uh, I think there was a point. Timmy Turner kick was needed at yeah. a point in this game. Yeah, right. uh, they just could not find that mid-range game, and it became all right. Can you go against Cisse? Or can you hit a three? Texas wasn't shooting threes particularly well. Nope. They needed that mid-range game, and Timmy Allen, that's what he does really well. He did really well against Oklahoma State last time they played. Uh, So his absence was definitely felt because I think he could have pushed this game even further out. And then Texas, you know, we always laugh about him not playing 40 minutes a game. This was, again, man, they, they tried to let Oklahoma State back in this game because they let up all defensive pressure when they felt they had wrapped up the game. It's like, man, you can't you can't be doing that in the Big Twelve. This is not a another tournament, another conference tournament where you know, yeah, you beat this team, they're beaten. It's a Big Twelve. Everyone is fighting for everything because Oklahoma State is on that bubble too, they and they are. know there's a difference between losing by five and losing by fifteen. Yeah, they were yeah. Bu- bubblicious at the time, um, and I believe they were among the last four out. Um, projected, yeah. Projected uh, at the time. So, and that was before the game. And obviously, taking that loss is going to hurt their uh, their tournament projections. But uh, you, you're so right, though, uh, Patrick, about the late game. I don't know what it is. Kind of that was just this. Um, I don't know, lull, if you will. Even defensively and offensively. Right, offensively, right. we kind of. Ex- I'm not say we expect it, but that is something that you know has happened, unfortunately. Um, throughout the Big 12 season, we've seen this team go through those droughts. And, man, but the final kind of 12 minutes of the game, they, I believe Texas made just three field goals. Yep. Just go look at the field goals. And one of those was that Marcus Carr uh, jumper <laughs> that people have been uh, uh, questioning yeah, yeah. as to why he would take the jumper at that time with the game already sealed. But, hey, man, do what you do. It's all good. Especially if you are partaking in mybookie.com. There's a lot that goes into those situations right there. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into those because I've been on the other side of that thing. It it may hit you a little harder uh, than others. But uh, people are talking about the sportsmanship element of it, of course. Uh, Speaking of Marcus Carr, is is that the biggest concern that Longhorn fans, basketball fans, have now about the the postseason for this team? Is that the last five games he's shooting around 32%? From the field, around twenty four percent from three point range, um, and he is, you know, some, he seems like he's after around twelve over a little, little over twelve points per game in the last five games. He seems like he is trending the wrong way. 
for whatever reason, people say it's his legs, that he's tired. Could be a lot, uh, obviously a lot more defensive attention being paid to Marcus Carr. That's a big part of it, too. Yep. Whatever the reason, um, he is starting to go the, the wrong way uh, starting in March for this team. And at least, you know, you're starting to get better performances from some other guys uh, in that backcourt. Serge Bar Rice has been consistent, but Tyrese Hunter is playing a little bit better. And Ontario mm-hmm. uh, Mars actually yep. played pretty good, too. He played really good. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what I expect to see from him a lot. I mean, it's just a matter of the season's gone on long enough that if you need him and his aggressive style of play, I mean, how many times did he rip somebody in the backcourt and then get a dunk? I was with a couple of buddies and I saw him trying to pressure the ball, I said, if he steals this, he's going to try to rip down the rim. And sure enough, he had his elbow above the rim and was was just throwing it in there. And I was just like, this kid is so athletic and he's so fast. By the way, he he went to Kimball, too, that team that I was telling you about Mm -hmm. before the show. But, yeah, he's just that athletic type of guy that can put pressure on the ball. His biggest thing is him being – able to understand when to be aggressive and when not to be aggressive. Because as soon as he checks into the game, he's like a bull in the china shop. He's coming. He's not mm-hmm. going to feel it out. He's going to create the action. And I love that about him. But if he was a guy that needed to play a bunch of minutes, you would want him to kind of scale back a little bit on his aggressiveness because he would get a cheap foul here and there. Yeah, all of his 10 points came in the last part of the first half, those mm-hmm. last seven, seven and a half minutes or so, um, really helped Texas out. I mean, that was big for Texas, for him yep. to assert himself just in that moment. And hopefully, you know, that continues to be the case. It'd be great if you can get him now to, for the light to start going off for a young player like that. Man, but uh, Marcus Carr, that is a, that's, that's the concern right now yep. for this team, right? Defensively, playing some of their best basketball, as we just talked about. Dylan DeSue. My man. Oh, man. Pete Let's Bill, give some baby. props to Dylan DeSue before yeah. we start complaining about Marcus Carr. <laughs> Let's talk about Dylan DeSue, who played a season-high 32 minutes um, and was a game-high plus 19 when he was on the floor uh, in that game, in that win over Oklahoma State, grabbed 11 rebounds, uh, 11 points, double-double for him. That guy's been a difference maker lately for Texas, too. And, hey, three personal fouls. Yep. That is the thing. We know what Dylan DeSue can do when he stays on the court. The problem is he has trouble staying on the court. And yeah. he did a really good job of playing, you know, smart basketball, not picking up. He he's good for usually one dumb foul a game where it's just a reach in from from 20 feet away from the basket, something like that. He didn't get one of those. He didn't get one of those weird uh rebounds where he wasn't even getting the rebound but they still call the foul on him. He didn't get any of those in that game. So if we if we can keep him on the court, He's a big part of what Texas does going forward. And it, we've seen it from him all year. It's just been in in spots yeah. because he can't stay on the court. So he just has to, in this game, Emmanuel Miller's going to be going right at him tonight. Yep, you got to be able to stay on the court, and you can be a much bigger help to this Texas team. Last four games, averaging almost 14 points per game, six rebounds. I mean, he's just been really, really productive for Texas. Both ends on the floor, too, by the way. Well, I know that everybody was excited, not for the reason that he got the start, but everybody wanted um, Serge Jabari Rice in the starting lineup, and he got his chance to play last night. But if you don't pay attention to this, it could be something that I've been saying the entire year. Every time somebody's like, he needs to be in the starting lineup, I was like, he does not. He understands his role. He's coming off the bench. And because he didn't, because he started last night, Texas had only 11 bench points. And 10 of those were Arterio Mars. And 10 was mm-hmm. him. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you didn't have Christian Bishop. I mean, he came in and played. 
You didn't have Timmy Tourniquet, Timmy Allen playing, so it kind of threw everything off. And we hadn't talked about this much, but the last couple games, Brock hasn't been scoring at the clip that he was playing with at first, too. So that's something that is kind of, all right, what is what is his role becoming, or is it him just waiting? I don't know what it is, but I need more from him from the shooting aspect of it. I know he's going to play hard. I'm never worried about that. But if he's got that open look where he was knocking down those threes earlier this year, I don't need him taking doing. five. I don't need him <laughs> taking ten three-pointers. I just need him to knock down that shot when he's wide open and he hadn't been doing that, and he hadn't even really been taking shots. No, I mean, defenses have definitely adjusted to not respecting him at all for right. three quarters of the season to at now realizing, oh, this guy's putting – he can put up double digits on you if you don't guard him. Right. Yeah, so yeah. you, you have to at least put an effort on him. And if yeah. we put an effort on him, it makes it a little bit harder. I know he's he's forcing it a little bit, too, that there was a, there was a couple where he got in there and tried to dribble when he shouldn't have dribbled, yep. and they were able to – basically trap him mm-hmm. within the three-point line, which you don't want to be in, and he wasn't able to get the ball out. So it's all that learning curve with Timmy Allen out. I think they were all really struggling to find that mid-range game, and that's not Brock Cunningham's games either, but they were trying to use him in that. Yeah. Uh, so it's just you have to be able to find somebody. If Timmy Allen's going to be out tonight, it's going to be a big blow, but you have to be able to find other ways to generate that mid-range game to make them step out a little bit from the basket and make them be able to – you know, when they're letting you take the threes and you're not hitting them, it's just a way higher percent shot to come inside that mid range. Right. No, that's a really good point. Um, so, it, it, I really, and, and Timmy Allen is day to day, is the report, and the reports indicate, or at least they're reporting now, that he's not going to play. Yeah, he's, he's highly quest- like he's highly unlikely to play. Yes, he is questionable for tonight. <laughs> questionable usually means likely out. Probable means likely in. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're questionable for tonight. I. I Especially the I, Big Twelve tournament, I doubt they risk it with him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I don't think enough. they do. I, you'd love to see it. You'd love to be able to see if they had a little bit more depth on this team, that they had somebody else to go. Artira Morris did play really good minutes that he needed to play in there. He played well, but yeah, you you need to have somebody that is confident with the basketball in the mid range, and you'd hope that be Marcus Carr. But again, he has not been able to hit at the rate he had been hitting earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah. that's your biggest concern right now is Marcus Carr because once. Timmy Allen comes back, um, as you pointed out, Harge, about the bench scoring being a question uh, or being an issue. If Arterio Morris can keep playing like this, and then you got Sergio Barry Rice coming off the bench uh, with Timmy Allen coming yeah. back in, um, that pretty much you know remedies that issue. But yeah, Marcus Carr right now, that's your concern, and I don't know what I don't know what to really do about that if you're you know Rodney Terry. I don't yeah, and that's been that's been a trend that's been happening, and at this point, there is no time for rest if rest is the issue. No, and I, I don't know if it's a hundred percent rest. I think some of it is, but again, everyone is tired this time of year, so that's not. He's he's played long enough. He's been in the tournament. He knows what it is. He actually lost weight this off season, so he shouldn't be that less. He mm. shouldn't have that much less in the tank. Yeah, but I think that there's a point of at the end of the season, they made a real effort to get Tyrese Hunter involved. They made more of an effort to get Dylan DeSue involved, and they made more of an effort to spread the ball around more. And I think maybe that knocked him out of just the mindset of being a killer scorer. I think when Jabari Rice stepped into that role, it maybe knocked back his, I don't know if it knocked back his confidence, but just his subconscious a little bit. He needs to go back into being a killer, and I think he's more in the distributor mode who's still shooting, and he needs to go back to being the killer he was at the beginning of the season. I like that theory. It's a good theory. 
Um, and maybe it's a um, you know maybe it's a number of different uh, uh, items, including what you just talked about, Patrick. Uh, so Timmy Allen um, likely going to be out for tonight's matchup versus TCU, gentlemen. So how you how do we feel about Texas matchup versus TCU? Obviously, last time they played TCU, TCU got the best of Texas, but that was in on their home floor. Um, was the blood? But huh? Wasn't a blowout? No, no, no. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, obviously different circumstances here. Uh, but uh, TCU, big win for them in terms of the, the battle of the purple kryptonite beating K State. Uh, that's that's a yeah, huge. I went win. the other way last. Night. I think a lot of people did with K State. Yeah, because I was looking at I was looking at K State as a team with the players and the fact that Lampkin was going to be out. That was I big. thought they would start attacking, but it seems like some of those other guys are are taking advantage of their opportunities. They've been waiting. Lampkin's been the main guy, but what was his name? Choice, I believe, was. He was down there balling, making some good plays. I mean, it was a different game, but let's just get it what it is. K-State did not shoot the ball well last night. And, and TCU did. And TCU did. Yeah, yeah. TCU, what were they, 11 of 25, something like that? Yeah, they were shooting. Three-point yeah. range? And they they were hitting the three-point range. They were hot. Like we don't think that they're a good three point shooter. I know team, and they went out there. The stats say they're not. But every time you say that, <laughs> they yeah. start. They start hey, you know what? You so just don't say. This might be it. this might be the best three point shooting team I've ever seen. <laughs> I would be surprised they missed one tonight. <laughs> Please do, because yeah, the opposite yeah. has been no, happening. Look, if Chuck O'Bannon's going to go off for twenty two and shoot four from seven for three, this is going to be a real hard game for Texas. Yeah, because that is not Chuck O'Bannon's game. And that's not – I mean, he has not even played nearly that well against Texas. So if, if Chuck O'Bannon's going off, and then you get Baugh, and then you get Miller, mm. and then you add in Mike Miles, who's – like, it just becomes a real hard game if you allow all these guys. Texas has done a good job of picking guys to kind of eliminate. Yeah. And Mike Miles, they did it in that last meeting. Yeah. I, it's going to be three points or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And so I think you're going to still try and keep Miles out of it. Miller has killed Texas both times they have played – that's where it's going to be up to Dylan DeSutanaga in foul trouble, Christian Bishop to play focused basketball mm-hmm. and not lose his focus in a game defensively where sometimes he gets out on an island and a guy gets behind him or a guy makes a back cut, those types of things, and he loses position. He, those two are going to need to play really big minutes. Brock Cunningham is going to do what he does, but yeah. he's also not – he doesn't have the athleticism to get up and really stop a guy because they'll start calling fouls on Brock before they'll call him on Dylan DeSue or, or – uh, Christian Bishop. Yeah. Uh, turnovers going to be really big too in this matchup. Remember last time they played uh, Texas, uh, Texas forced twenty two. Yeah, turnovers. Hell, they forced twenty versus K State. Actually, yes, yeah. they did. They forced. That was a big reason. Yeah. Other, other than the three point shooting, big reason why they won. Um, so that throw those two out there: three point shooting and turnovers. No doubt, might be two of the you know, three or four biggest uh, factors in this matchup and who wins uh, tonight between Texas and TCU. And they're both going to be out crucial pieces. Yes, Lampkin, very much so. Lampkin out for TCU, Timmy Allen out for yeah, Texas. So it's a, it's a really... much bigger blow for Texas. Yeah, Lampkin, Lampkin, for Lampkin has been playing less and less minutes as the season's gone on. As TCU has been getting better, Lampkin has been less and less involved, hence why he is no longer with this team. Yeah. He was not thrilled with his role. Since he got hurt, they had basically moved on. Some of the other guys are stepping up. So they're they're used to it. They're ready to go without him because he was basically being put in after injury and it never fit right. For Timmy Allen, this team is learning on the second game how to play without him, how to share the ball. Jabari Rice is stepping into that role, took the most shots on the team yesterday, which I'm not opposed to, but you would prefer that be Marcus Carr. Yes. Uh, So I get he was shooting a little bit better, but neither one of them was shooting great. 
So you're going to have to figure out, hey, man, I know we need to take shots, but you need to try and get to open guys, and then no one on this team now is the guy you trust to go in that mid-range. So if someone gets that shot, take it. And yeah. Christian Bishop, no more threes. Well, here's the other I know, thing. I know you're wide open. No I, more threes. And I'm, that's why. <laughs> that's that's why you're, you're wide open. That's why you're wide open. But I do want to say this. I know you, you just brought up the mid-range, and I believe that's what Marcus Carr needs to go back to because he's shooting so many threes that he's not really concentrating on his mid-range shot. Yeah. And remember, he was missing free throws also yesterday, which yeah. is very rare for him. So if he can get back to that mid-range shot and knock that down, I think he can find that rhythm again and start getting into his flow. Yeah, and and I mean, okay. and Tyrese Hunter, we got to get him to stay down a little bit. He picked up several. He picked up a couple fouls, uh, jumping on trying to come out on three pointers, yeah. and they went into him. And that third one, if anybody wonders why they didn't call that a foul, is because he switched the ball into the other hand and jumped into Tyrese Hunter and threw it up with his other hand. Yeah. That's why, because that the refs are trying though. to not. The refs are trying to not. Uh, the refs of the season have been have been told to not reward people not trying to actually shoot. So if he had gone straight up, Tyrese Hunter would have fouled him very big. He would have gotten three free throws. But the fact that he didn't even try to get the like try and put the shot up yeah. legitimately means they're going to try and dissuade people from doing the James Harden, Trey yeah. Young. No, like they yeah. don't want that in college basketball, so they're trying to dissuade it. That's why they didn't call it there. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it right after you called one on Marcus Carr that was questionable Just or with Marcus it. Carr at the right, three. Yeah. Like that seemed way worse than it was, but that's the reason they didn't call it. Uh what do you guys think of the tech that uh coach Terry got? I still don't understand the and, reason like, why he through, got it. I yeah, I'm a little confused too and I wonder. Yeah. I, I got to go check the post game. I know Craig probably maybe asked him about it. Um but uh Craig wasn't on like the tower today obviously cuz Craig is calling the uh the Texas basketball game tonight. So he's and the women's right and, now. And right now. And, <laughs> and, and the women's game Man, right now. That dude does not. They're both in Kansas he, City so he can do them he both. Can do yeah. it. Oh no, he even if it wasn't in Kansas City, I would not if he would try to do it. He would try to figure out some kind of which way. Which we will tell you. Texas up 20, 53-33 with 4-11 left in the game. Yep. Wow. That yep. that they turned, struggled, that turned quickly. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah, when when Harge walked in today, I told him I was like, "Hey, man, it's a barn burner in here." I think it was six to eight or something. It was. Like that. I walked in there, I was like, "What?" And he, he was like, "Yeah." And it's the second quarter, and I'm mm. like, "Holy cow, what mm. is happening?" Yeah, I think uh, Coach Vic had oh. a good conversation. Oh, that halftime speech. <laughs> I don't know if you want to call that a conversation. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. I want to call it a speech. <laughs> that's, that's pretty one sided. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, tirade more yeah, than like it. Absolutely. Rant or something like that. All right. Uh, that's a Texas Hoops update. We'll come back. We got to talk some NFL. There are a lot of NFL news notes and nuggets, including the Cowboys clearing some cap space. It's got people wondering exactly what the Cowboys are going to do with that extra cap space they have. We'll talk about that. And the mock drafts, man. Kuiper, Todd McShay, Dane Brugler. We're talking about three of the top mock drafts out there. All have the Cowboys doing the same thing with the same guy. That didn't sound right. right. That came out wrong. <laughs> they have the Cowboys making we'll the same it. pick. <laughs> they have the Cowboys making the same pick in the first round. We'll talk about that when we come back. Right here on Ball Don't Lie. What if we're not the I could say you're wrong, you could walk away. 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday. That's when we play jams from local bands and artists. Very talented human beings that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Uh, Patrick, who are we jamming right now? This is Sir Woman, and she is playing tonight mm. at the Planet K South Lamar. Mm, I like the voice. Yes, very talented. Planet K South Lamar. Hey, we're, we're getting a South by season, which means oh, pop up shows man. all over the place. Mm-hmm. They have a little pop up festival. A bunch of big artists, a bunch of good artists are playing uh, down there tonight. Nice. Uh, yes, Planet K on South Lamar. There you go. All right. Yeah, he's right. South by Southwest. This is the, what, the tech. The tech we are part getting of it, the into tech the and, tech part of it, yes. This is like the tech part of it, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, y'all, y'all know the deal. Yeah. <laughs> y'all know that if y'all, y'all want to be a part of the madness, then get out there in it. But otherwise, most Austin nice trying to avoid no, the Well, the, the musicians like doing the tech part, too, because they're like, well, y'all got money. Uh, the yes. music part, we're playing other musicians. The, 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 <laughs> right. the tech part, we're, hey, man, y'all, y'all got money, right? Yeah, because you can y'all hang, around invest? Of, hang around a lot of musicians and all y'all just uh, mid, mid, middle class, middle income type <laughs> musicians. If you're good mm-hmm. enough. If, if, you're, you're lucky, lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. If you're lucky, yeah. You think in the tech world, uh, you can hang around a couple of millionaires and maybe a couple of billionaires potentially. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of billionaires, let's talk about Jerry Jones's team, the Dallas Cowboys, gentlemen. Um, and we'll get into the compensatory picks because the Cowboys actually have a couple of more draft picks, so it's yep. good news for all you Cowboys fans. But first, I want to get into this uh, this mock draft that I saw. Well, actually, it's multiple mock drafts now that I've saw about the Cowboys and these mock drafts. By the way, Mel Kiper is probably the you know fame, more of the more uh, renowned mock drafters out there, all right? And so is uh, Todd McShay. Both of those guys really respected during mock season. And Dane Brugler as well for the athletic. Guys, mm-hmm. really, I mean, I think you check out all their mocks, uh, Harge. All their latest mocks have the Cowboys taken the same position and the same player. That means they've been talking to the same people. The same position and yeah. the same play. How what how rare is that for those th- I don't think that's ever happened before. I've never with seen any- it with the same what? group of people picking the exact same position right? at that time. Unless yeah. it's like the number one overall pick or like yeah. the number one type top five, you yeah. know, something like that. That's a little easier. Number twenty six, you got all the post combine picks have the Cowboys taking a tight end and Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid, Crazy. who we didn't get a chance to really see at Utah because he didn't yes. play in the game against Texas. So he's a, know, and he's a good player though. He's, he's a good definitely player. a good player. Um, he's six four. He's kind of undersized for a tight end, I guess. Six four, two forty six. Uh, oh, only, don't draft him. Only <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you're a stickler for those yeah, measurables. Huh? I gotta have those measurables. Two drops in 108 <laughs> passes in the last two years. Um, what I love about him doing a little research. This is my favorite uh, little nugget about him. He only played one season of high school football. Oh, they love those guys. Don't forget about Leighton Vander Esch. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. basically, when he when he plays his first season of NFL football, it'll be his seventh season ever playing organized football. Yeah, there's a that's there's a, a that's high upside. Yeah. That kind of guy. That's a that's and really you right. The good. Cowboys love guys like that. Yeah, they do. They love. They, they're a few guys they on the roster like that. Haven't even their potential yet. <laughs> we got them. We got them. Like what? Well, the Cowboys do a good job of drafting now. They Let's have, admit that the Cowboys actually do good. Our problem is they didn't crow a lot. Yeah, like they yeah. they really did. They're one that they're they're too homegrown. Arguably, they do a really good job at drafting where they don't maximize an, uh, enough of an in my opinion, the opportunity to bring in free agents. Yeah. Um, they don't take advantage of that enough, and they don't take advantage of trades enough. Yeah. Um, but they do a good job of drafting actually, especially the last few they years. Do, yeah. So They've been around it. What are your thoughts about a tight end though? First. 
first round pick at tight end. You don't like it? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, isn't that what the Cowboys do every year? Get a tight end. I think there's another need that you would have to go and get because we've talked about this. There's a lot of good tight ends that are going to be coming into the NFL this year. That's very true. So, I mean, Dalton Kincaid, yes, he's a talent, but we all know that it can be changed quickly. But you can also go and get another guy that you can probably have for less because that first round is totally different. You want somebody that's going to be able to help move and protect. And that is where I think the Cowboys need to go. I've said cornerback, I've said linebacker, and I've said lineman. Tight end, we can wait on and get to that a little bit later. But if you can get one of those three in the first round at number 26, I think that's a value right there. I think that'll be a value for you. What, one of the tight ends? No, one or of the running backs. No, Who? one of the linemen. Okay. Um, um, a cornerback. Cornerback okay. or linebacker. You mean top three at those yeah, positions. Of okay. those. Yeah, of those. Yeah. I got you. Uh, apparently, uh, according to uh, Albert Breer, uh, it looks like Dalton Schultz has already turned down an offer from the Cowboys, too. So apparently he's turned down it off already. Mm-hmm. Is what they're saying. Hey, everybody, try, everybody trying to see what they worth, right? Yeah, he says a pretty what the uh, the quote is a quote pretty solid multi year offer from the Cowboys. What Albert Breer says. Yeah, so he wants to see. They like want to make said. sure they get that out there too. Uh, yes, they want to make sure. Yes, I don't. I don't even know what that means. We a tried, guys. Solid offer. We yeah. tried. It was solid. <laughs> it was solid. <laughs> it was solid. What does that mean? Exactly. It was solid. It's like I don't know what solid yeah, means. Well, I, uh, but what I'm is your you. definition of solid? I don't know if I'd go tight end in the first round. Uh, I mean, think about all the great tight ends in the league. I mean, Travis Kelsey's a third-round pick. Kittle, fifth-round mm-hmm. pick. Hell, Dalton Schultz is a fourth-round pick. And I, I think Jake Ferguson is a, has a chance to do something. I, I'm and a big I'd rather, fan of Jake Ferguson. And Y'all that's the thing that. is, a lot mm-hmm. of people are a fan of Jake Ferguson, so you're basically opting out on the Jake Ferguson experiment already after one season. And then... And then you're moving on, but you, it's it's just a really cheap way to try and pretend that you're getting Dak weapons, but you're getting a rookie tight end that's going to take him half a season to, to kind of get, get in to get up to speed, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to going out and signing an actual weapon for Dak. That's all it seems to me is that it's like, yeah, you need a tight end. I mean, you can trade for another one, try and sign one, or you can you know play Jake Ferguson. But I think drafting one is just a really cheap way to get out of trying to pay for a weapon for Dak. And that's just you don't want to cut Zeke, or you don't want to you don't want to expand on another wide receiver because you think the market's too high right now, and you're hoping it'll go back down in a couple of years. You can't expect to win without any weapons, and right now you have an injured Tony Pollard and Ceedee Lamb. Uh, Patrick, don't use logic when you're talking about the Cowboys, okay? <laughs> uh, no, but the Cowboys are they are doing something. They are making some moves because uh, the reports are the Cowboys have cleared up thirty million dollars in cap space yep. by restructuring Dak Prescott and Zach Martin. Now that that seemed like a no brainer. We yeah. all were talking yeah. about that. We knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, because the Cowboys, like uh, we've noticed before, they're not very good at keeping secrets. They don't. They because remember. Uh, we're going to trade Amari, telling everybody. So what did you get? Nothing. You got nothing for him. So I'm looking at this and saying, of course we all knew that you were going to restructure Dak's contract because you want to make it more friendly. Why haven't we heard anything about Ezekiel Elliott's yet? Well, I think they're waiting on that. He's still got, you know, they got time on that. But they, yeah, yeah, they should. Cut. That should have been the first one because everybody's already on them about that. Yeah, I mean, they don't have I to. Mean, I mean, I know they don't care about what we think, but I'm just saying. 
we all know that that is the biggest elephant in the room right now is Zeke's contract. It is, and right now, yeah, they're, they're you know that's like eleven and a half million dollars. I think they yeah. could save uh, on the salary cap if they cut Zeke and and basically mark him as a June first cut, like yep. a post post June first cut. If they do that, now you're talking about you know based on I think the salary cap figure now they are fifteen million over the salary cap now. Because they were, uh, they were actually sorry under the salary cap. They were over the salary cap, um, and now that thirty million has cleared, they've cleared has put them like fifteen million under the salary cap. If they cut Zeke, then you're talking about you know another ten to eleven million, and now maybe they could make some big move yeah. in free agency what for is Dak that Prescott. I was with some buddies just a little while ago, and we were talking about this exact thing. And my question is, what is this move that you're about to make? Because we know Catboy loves bragging about how much space they got, but never go and make a splash type of uh, pickup, right? You pick up certain players, we see it, but none of them came in and were like, whew, I'm so glad we got that dude. I'm so glad we got We never had that conversation. Amari Cooper was probably the last splash exactly. acquisition. And you gave up a lot to get him, too. Yeah. You know, with the, with the uh, first-round picks. So now let's see what the next move is going to be. Is this his way of preparing us to say, I'm going to get Dak some help? Who is that going to be? There are rumors about the Cowboys, make, at least at the combine, of them making a move. The DeAndre Hopkins rumor has been out there for a while. Even D-Hop and Des Bryant are hanging yep. out, and he's posting videos on social media. I'm not saying that means anything at all, uh, but maybe the Cowboys are uh, right now, you know, arranging things so that either in free agency or via the trade market, if something arises, the Cowboys could make a move. And we all assume it'll be something to help bring out that big Dak energy, yeah. Yeah. which and we need to see more of. That's I've seen a few times, but I don't know if it's more of a want or if it's actually been been discussed. But I've seen enough times of Kyle Pitts being name name being brought up as somebody that hasn't really done a ton in Atlanta that maybe wants to change the scenery. Still on a rookie deal. But you're going to have to go first to get him, probably, because they they drafted him pretty high. But that's another name you hear of, like, hey, that's a splash move if you get him because that's your tight end position then. Just get Dak some help. Get somebody. But you're right. I mean, they can't go the young tight end and expect Mm -hmm. that to be the help. That's a project. So I'm with you guys. I I think that's why they offered, I think, Dalton Schultz. They they want to keep Dalton Schultz, and maybe they still will keep Dalton Schultz. Uh, The legal tampering period uh, for the NFL, it starts up on Monday, and then I believe free agency starts up uh, Wednesday or something like that, I believe. So uh, we'll start to get a lot more clarity what the Cowboys are going to do. They got a lot of decisions to make. Uh, Donovan. Wilson's a free agent. Leighton Vander Esch is a free agent. Uh, so they got a few guys that they got to make decisions about that are going to be really, really tough. Dalton Schultz, of course, as well. All right, Cowboys also uh, got some good news. Uh, they got more draft picks. Cowboys were mm-hmm. awarded three compensatory picks for 2023. Um, they uh, now have, so it was two fifth-rounders, by the way, and one sixth-rounder, 169th and a 176th. And then that sixth-rounder, I believe, was 212th. So now the Cowboys have nine picks overall in the draft, one first-rounder, a second-rounder, third-rounder, a fourth-rounder, and then they have three fifth-rounders now, uh, and a sixth-rounder and a seventh-rounder. So yep. three fifth rounders is I mean they can package that up too though and move up in the draft and, mm-hmm. and be able and I think the Cowboys will make a trade in the draft somehow, but uh Cowboys getting some more draft pick, that's a good thing. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And I see another mock draft where 
Another team has been mocked for them, and I think this one is Bucky Brooks, I believe. I like Bucky they Brooks. Have, they have Dalton Kincaid going to the Tennessee Titans. Okay. So – yeah, I mean, it's do they yeah. have the Cowboys taking a tight end in that one? I mean, just saying that. <laughs> no, the, he actually has them taking the linebacker from Clemson. Yeah, okay, just the Cowboys and a tight end in the first round. Not really sure how I feel about Trent, that either. Trenton Simpson mm. from LSH. I mean, from uh, Clemson. Yeah, yeah. So you never really know how the draft is going to play out, but you know, hell, like I said, if Bijan drops to the Cowboys at twenty six, get draft Bijan. And we've all seen it where it's been runs too. Like <laughs> and, you've seen yeah. runs in the draft where you're like. Okay, there all these positions are starting to go, so then it changes everybody else's draft. So you guys, are, you are opposed to. I think we're all opposed to tight end for the Cowboys in the first round. Are we opposed to wide receiver for the Cowboys in the first round? If the I right guy's I, there, I think I yeah is that I think I am because I don't like this wide receiver draft no. that much. It's not that it's to me. I think it's deep. Cause I think wide receiver is always deep, and I don't. But I don't like it in terms of the the elite talent at the top of it. Right. I think you can get a good wide receiver in this draft later on uh, and maybe go through free agency. I don't necessarily like the receiver. I, I don't know if any of them are NFL ready either. It depends on how, how like I said, it depends we on how. We saw what happened last right. year when they went out and got Jalen Tolbert. Dude is still trying to figure it out. I think he's an NFL wide receiver. I talk, mm-hmm. But I think when you get in there and you know this, Rob, them lights get a little bit bright, man. Things kind of turn up for you and things change quickly on you. You're like, wait a minute. This is a lot tougher than playing in the Sun Belt. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you got there's a lot that's being thrown at you. Routes, combos, making sure schemes, play call. There's so many things that are being thrown at this young man that he might it might have been overwhelming for him. We still don't know that. Yeah, he um that was I'm not gonna, it's too early to say that was a disappointing season, but I think they wanted him to contribute right immediately. away. Immediately. Um, and yeah. that definitely did not happen. Yeah, the Cowboys would be really uh, fun to see what they do. In the draft and in free agency, I think honestly, and I unless it's Bijan drops him, Bijan drops to him, take him. But oh yeah, I think the Cowboys may need to address running back either late in the mid rounds of the draft or go out there and get one in free agency. Turns out it's a really good free agency year for running backs. Actually, yeah. I mean, how about it? Chase Edmonds just got cut too. Did he really? Yeah, he just got released by and the I, Denver and I'm Broncos. I'm assuming they're all going to be cheap. I can't imagine these running backs costing you a lot of you know money uh, in terms of your draft. So here, look at running backs. You got Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Devin Singletary, Jamal Williams, Deontay Foreman. I'd take Deontay Foreman. Cowboys right? better Cowboys, get on that. Yeah, they should. They should call that guy. I mean, he really. They want a power uh, kind of combination with mm-hmm. the speed of uh, you know of Tony Pollard. Man, he was great last year. He really was. Um, yeah. Deontay, how about this? Deontay Foreman, he had 914 rushing yards in 2022, um, five touchdowns. He had five 100-yard games in 2021. And I think he made just $2 million last year. Yeah. In week seven through 18, he uh, basically had 32 forced missed tackles, 12 explosive runs. I mean, he was good late. Uh, him and Chuba Hubbard, I believe it was for uh, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. So he's on the he's on the market. Kareem Hunt. Like, I mean, those guys are going to be cheap. I imagine. I do think there's going to be much movement in the running back market until the draft, though. No, because no. it's a running back heavy draft. I think teams are going to wait, see what they can get in the draft, and then go. All right, we didn't get a guy that we can start next year. Let's go sign somebody. I wouldn't imagine a lot of movement at the beginning here next week in free agency. I think more teams will wait. 
I think if you got your guy, just go get him because he's cheap. I mean, they're they're going to be really cheap in my opinion. And the runs in the draft, I agree with you. It's a deep run. It's a deep running back draft, and it's a deep free agent class for running backs too. So my point would be for the Cowboys either get get good value on it because I think you can get good value in the free agent market with those guys because they're going to be an undervalued position, uh, a devalued position. Yeah. But also in the in the draft, hell man, you're talking about man, Dejan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Devin uh, A. Chain. Uh, Man, Tank he, Bixby. Yeah, he put up good numbers. Kendra Miller. Yeah, Tajay Spears, that two-lane running back. He's D's late. He's, I mean, he's down on the draft. So I think you can get, honestly, I think you can get a good running back late in the draft and get a cheap one on the free agent market if you're the Cowboys, yeah. is my point. Yeah. yeah, I think you can get both. But you got to cut Zeke. Because right now you got the you got the most expensive running back room in the history of the NFL. Come on, can we throw an intervention for Jerry? Yeah. <laughs> hey Jerry, lock the door. Jerry, lock the door. Lock we all write door. notes about how we love the Cowboys, and you're ruining it because you love Zeke too much. But they want to run the ball, right? They want to run the they ball. Run, then that's not the guy to do it. I know Tony Pollard can't do it either because he's coming off of an, a serious injury. Zeke ain't the one to do it because Zeke is past his prime. So cut Zeke. And then let Tony Pollard rest and go. I think you get a running back late in the draft, and I'd go get a cheap one on the free agent market because they're gonna yep. be a bunch of them. And I do. I honestly, I'd get get honestly, I get one of those free agent ones earlier because I think Patrick's right. A lot of teams are gonna wait, but you need to get your guy now because that's a priority for you. It ain't a priority for everybody else. Right. You you don't have a running back really because Zeke ain't a running back. And if you keep Zeke and waste a roster spot, that that guy ain't the guy to lead your running game. No. No. I, yeah. If you can get Foreman for a good price. Oh, he made two million last get, year. Ooh. Like, if you get him for a good, just to be like, "Hey, man, you you're our, our every down back until Pollard comes back." Exactly. Look at the opportunity we're gonna get you. Yeah. yeah. Until Pollard comes back, you the guy. Sign a one two year deal. Come on, man. That's easy. I mean, hell, you can go get another one. Or you can go get, you know, no Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Or Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams will be the one. Can go get Jamal ima- Williams. Can you imagine him being with the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, him and Jerry in the same room. With that, oh. oh, I just love the way you play. Seriously? Jerry, I just love being here. Uh, <laughs> I love uh, being Jamal here. has taught me about UGO <laughs> yeah. and more anime. No, but that guy's a good locker room guy, right? He's, He's a, a good great locker, locker room, room guy. guy. Hey, I'm with you, though. I Actually, I like Jamal Williams a little more than I like Deontay Foreman. Yeah. But I'm telling you, go get one of those guys cheap. Um, stay away from Miles Sanders and, I don't know, maybe – no, bring them in anyway. David, Mon- really? Bring them in and have a conversation and find out what they do over there in uh, Philadelphia in that <laughs> run game, uh, and, have yeah. da- and have Dan Quinn interview them. Have Dan Quinn interview? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can look Cowboys fans straight in the face if they sign Miles Sanders and the Eagles draft Bijan Robinson. Oh my God! I don't know if I can look and be like, I don't. I think y'all came out behind here. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Uh, Texas says uh, Cowboys didn't show up to the OBJ workout. Yeah, o- Odell Beckham Jr. had a workout, and uh, I haven't seen the update on it and what team showed up to it and how it went. Uh, but we know the Cowboys have been talking to OBJ for a while. Just yeah. hasn't happened. I don't know why. Yeah, that's been the longest conversation ever. Hey, man, it really has been. They've been talking you know for a long. They really have. They've been talking since last season, and I heard. I saw another report like two, three weeks ago. Yes, that the Cowboys, and Odell Beckham Jr. were still talking. They I, still haven't given off hope. We didn't even bring it up on the show. I was like, I'm not gonna waste everybody's no, you time with right Groundhog Day story of a story. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred on the Horn. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a 512 Friday edition of Ball Don't Lie. We play jams from local bands and artists that you can catch live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Holy Death Trio, and they are playing tonight at Valhalla. Holy Death Trio. <laughs> I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> hey, man. I think you get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Then you can always uh, catch up with any of the selections from 512 Friday. You might have missed. Just go to hornfm.com. Go to uh, flxatx.com. Go to flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Uh, they got some great uh, content for you at the flxatx website. As a matter of fact, there are a couple of uh, superlatives if you will, from the 25-6A high school basketball realm. You can go check that out. That's up there for you, too. Uh, some season awards, district MVPs, um, and district standouts, uh, all district teams. That is up there for you. You can go check that out at flxatx.com. Uh, you can also go to flxatx on all of your social media platforms as well. And I know Harge is over there. He's, he's giddy. So he's, what? Got, he's got a he's got he's got a flex update for you the oh. uh, the greater flex oh the greater greater flex area the surrounding update. the surrounding yeah. area surrounding area if you can listen to it it's in our area that's what we're going <laughs> with if you can hear it in K Town I'm shouting it out loud for y'all congratulations Colleen Ellison advanced to the 5A state championship tomorrow against Dallas. Kimball. Well they won against uh, Mansfield Summit, two-point victory, 52-50. to 50. It was a very physical ball game. And as I told you guys throughout this week, the head coach for Mansfield Summit and the head coach from Ellison were on the same high school basketball team coaching against each other at Ellison High School. So kudos to them. Congratulations to my Ellison Eagles. They play for the championship tomorrow, 3 p.m., San Antonio Alamo Dome. Fly high, Eagles. Fly high, baby. And who are they playing again? Dallas Kimball. Dallas Kimball. Team that beat them in 1993 to keep them out of the state championship game. Okay. So All now right. they get to get a they get to avenge that loss. Now it only took a, it only took a little while. It's almost like the Dallas Cowboys trying to get to the Super Bowl. It just took some time. Hey, just kept plugging away. You know what they always say? Hey, what? Revenge is a dish best served cold. Here we go. I want it to be hot up in there tomorrow, though. <laughs> I know all of K-Town has been texting me about my schedule tomorrow. I'm trying to move some things around. Maybe hmm. I'm going to end up in the house in San Antonio. All right. Oh, yeah. Hard just uh, oh, running can, all over the place. And make days. sure you watch social media if I am in that house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go. All right. So uh, the greater flex and surrounding areas update for my man Hardball Hodge there. All right. Go to flxatx.com. And congratulations to the Ellison Eagles. That is Thank big you. time, though. That That's awesome. I mean, I'm for joking, any, but... t- any kind of state championship. Yeah. Like, hey, I, ain't, I never did it. So right. I, I, I admire those guys, man. It's a great accomplishment. No doubt. Um, so go out there and finish the damn mission. Though. Let's go. Yo, Finish the damn mission. All right. Hey, well, I want an update too. Oh, you gonna on, get one on Monday? Oh, you gonna get oh, one? Oh yeah. Even if they lose, even I want an update. Lose, I'm gonna keep it 100. All you right, know yeah. I do. Sometimes you, know you come in, you gonna be quiet on Monday. I'm gonna be like, real quiet. Where's the greater, <laughs> greater Austin surrounding what areas? Next Sunday. Area? <laughs> <laughs> all right. FLXATX.com. FLXATX on all your social media platforms. Uh, go check it out for yourself. We come back. We're talking about Texas Pro Day results. That's right. And we have audio from the head coach Steve Sarkeesian. We'll get into all right, we got spring football updates, man. We're going deep, deep, deep behind the burnt orange curtain. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.